We're back, just like I said we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC. We're bringing a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, associate editor at KCSoccerJournal.com, who's going to try to take you a little bit more in-depth. Maybe I can actually pull that off this week. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the legend killer, Sheena Smith, who gives us that more casual perspective. Hey, Sheena, what's up? Hey, Chad, I was expecting two wrestling nicknames because technically Sporting won two games this past week. I felt like the legend killer really made sense because the legend of St. Louis died on Sunday night at City Park. Oh, boy. Okay. On that note. On today's show, Sporting Kansas City demolished St. Louis City. Sporting KC also beat the San Jose Earthquakes in penalties. Roger Espinoza is not done yet. Vlad Kwan's and Danofsky, oh, Vladko, sorry, I butchered it, is the new coach of the KC Current officially. And of course, the digital crawl, y'all. But we never start a podcast where we just immediately talk about soccer. We've got to talk about other things. It's unavoidable. Sheena wants to start off with something sad. Sheena? Yeah. So, y'all, I'm really sad about Matthew Perry passing away. I love friends. And like my daughter and I, I guess our daughter, she's yours too. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Uh, We love friends and probably not winning parent of the year over here, but probably when she was five or six, we watched all 10 seasons together whenever we had like some mommy daughter time. So she loves friends. It's our hotel show. Like, I don't know if you guys have a show you watch in a hotel. Just I feel like friends is a good one. We watch friends or impractical jokers or the office. Like those are like three of the shows. So if we're in a hotel room, one of them is always on. So I'm pretty sad about this. 17 again, one of my favorite movies. And I loved fools Russian. So And the whole nine and 10 yards, like I remember seeing those in the movie theater. So just really bummed. Friends will never have that like reunion show that I mean, I guess they did have a reunion, but in my head, like they were gonna do another series like when they were in their 70s or something. In their 70s. Friends, like it'd be a hybrid of Friends and Golden Girls. I don't know. Well, uh, we'll get your pitch ready for NBC and you can <laughs> well, throw that out there ha- to them. It's not going to happen now, now that Matthew Perry is gone. So I don't know. Not to Pretty mention bummed. some of those people have become really huge stars, particularly Jennifer Aniston. Is, uh, she's too expensive. They can't afford her. That's probably true. But anyways, I wanted to get that off my chest because I've just been really bummed ever since I heard of his passing. But anyways, happy Halloween Eve, Chad. Or whenever you listen to this. Or I mean, whenever. It, be, it is for, if it is now, but <laughs> it's um, true. I will say we, we did pay honor to Matthew Perry. We, we watched the first six episodes of Friends. We just like <laughs> binged it on Saturday night. It just as soon as we found out, Sheena was texting and calling all her friends and committing. <laughs> Miserating about it. I guess most mostly texting. I don't think you got on the phone and actually. Made yeah, I was calls, like, but... I I don't call people except my mom. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm even though we're only six months apart in age, I feel like I'm like much older in the sense that I <laughs> rarely text and I will definitely have phone conversations, but I don't do either very often. I got other you know social media. I got stuff. Uh, I got interneting to do. I got a tweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. All right, Let, let's switch gears. Let's talk about soccer. Let's go from a really low low to an incredible high Sunday night. The latest kickoff I can really remember in recent memory. Uh, I guess maybe there was some of those West Coast games that kick off pretty late sometimes, but 925 kickoff in the central time zone. It was the last playoff game of the weekend. Now there's games on Monday night and there's games on Wednesday, but the last one of the quote, quote unquote weekend and sporting Kansas City. Did they pull off an upset here? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not an upset. It is the eight seed beating the first seed. They won four to one. Uh, I'll I'll tell you, Sheena, I was incredibly nervous early in the game. Very jittery. It's uh, a little insight for y'all. We always watch the games together unless I'm at the stadium and she's not at the stadium. But weirdly, last night, Sheena's like, I'm going to make some soup or something. I don't remember. And I'm going to fold some laundry and 
I'll come join you in the second half. And she just never came downstairs, but the Apple stream was about five seconds faster on the upstairs TV somehow. So I would hear her scream and I'm like, what? And then go <laughs> like a goal would happen. So uh, it was a unique experience. And Sheena, I, this is awkward, but now we're not allowed to watch the games together anymore because it worked out way too well when we were in different rooms in the same house. That's fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you took that really well. Okay. <laughs> well, sorry, not I was, sorry. <laughs> I was pretty nervous at the beginning of the game. Uh, how how were you feeling early on before things started to really go Casey's way? <laughs> I don't know that I was nervous because I was so freaking tired. I had been cooking. I did make a tortilla soup and it really drained me. I'm not much for cooking, but I love soups. Like it's really unfortunate that nobody in my house likes soup because that's where I'd say like I hit peak with my cooking is in the soup department and nobody in my household would ever know that. But anyways, I made was making soup and then I prepped my dinner for tonight. And then, yeah, I had a lot of laundry that needed to be folded. So I was really part of the reason I stayed upstairs was I just needed to stay awake. And so I thought moving around and stuff would keep me awake. So I don't know that I was nervous because I was so tired. I was just trying to stay awake. That makes sense. And uh, a little insight for y'all into our <laughs> lives. Yeah, first off, soup is not a meal, which is why I don't really eat it because it's I'm never full. I'm always hungry after soup. But I, I know that I'm probably doing it wrong. And you can all judge me. But that's fine. I don't care. That's my, my controversial hot take. <laughs> Soup's not a meal. And then I will have y'all know, I pull my weight around here. I do all the laundry, but Sheena's left-handed and I'm right-handed and I put things on the hangers, quote unquote, backwards. So long ago, we I just lay them in a very neat stack for her to hang them in the direction <laughs> she wants to hang them. Uh, but I was nervous. And I'll tell you why, Sheena, because to talk soccer and not just be doing full nonsense on this episode, as we're sometimes known for. Uh, I was nervous because the calls really early in the game were not going Sporting Kansas City's way. Did you see where Jake Davis, he got kind of tangled up with Jared Stroud and Jared Stroud kicked him like the play was over and he literally kicked him and he just got a talking to a little nice talking to I, I don't know in what world that's not immediately a card when you kick a player during a dead ball but I was like wow if it's going to be this kind of game that favors St. Louis that's the way they want to play did, did you have a reaction to that I do remember that play and I feel like unless it's something totally uh, awful. I can't tell what's a call and like what's a card and what's a talking to. So I don't know that I was upset about that per se. The Gotti Kinda yellow, which I think was like in the 11th minute, something like that, that had me nervous. That's when I started getting nervous because Gotti Kinda got a yellow and then it just felt like, oh my gosh, if he gets another one and we're down a man like that, we're we're not going to win that. So I was more nervous about that aspect. I, I don't know if maybe I just didn't have very high hopes for this first game, considering we had just played on Wednesday. And I I think we had talked about in the last episode, just, you know, they may not win this first game. So I don't know that I was super nervous. Like, it seems like you were. And it is weird. We didn't watch the game together. That was your choice. We always watch downstairs on the big TV. So your choice. Anyways, I will agree with you. Got Kendi, he got a yellow in the 15th minute. That that was another kind of moment. I thought, you know, Kyrie Shelton got pulled down from behind, didn't get a call. Gotti Kinda gets this yellow after, and, and granted, I think Kinda deserved the yellow. He spiked the ball into the ground. It's an area of emphasis the last few years for pro to give yellows for that, for descent or for time wasting. And that, that technically went down as descent. But there were so many St. Louis players pouting about every call and every little ticky tack thing they're over there, you know, whining and like little babies. But then after that Gotti Kinda call, I felt like Ted Uncle started to get things a lot more correct. So, Obviously, the floodgates opened at that point, right? Logan and Dembe, he scored. And man, what a goal from Logan. Uh, just a banger, a, a throw in. Polito takes a touch. St. Louis, like, heads it back to Sporting. Kenda, Polito, Polito plays it out wide. A really good run from Shallowy, honestly. It goes unnoticed on the play to pull his defenders in to leave Ndembe wide open. He scores a banger. And Sheena, I don't know if you know the history because you, you are casual in nature, but Seth Sinovic, when he was on Sporting Kansas City, he would only score in the playoffs. And he scored a couple really big playoff goals for Kansas City in, in years that 
uh, one the year in 2013, one of them, they went on to win the whole dang thing. And this was Logan's first ever professional goal ever. I brought it to his attention about the whole Seth Sonovic thing, and he just had a big old smile on his face. So I think maybe people had told him about it, or maybe he's met Seth, because, you know, Seth's still here in Kansas City. But I was pretty excited whenever that first goal went in. You were obviously excited. I could hear you screaming upstairs. What were you thinking? <laughs> well, I was just excited. I have made a mention a time or two that Logan and Dembe is one of my favorite players on the team. So obviously, when a favorite player scores a goal, it just has a little extra excitement. And so I don't think I knew right away that it was his first goal ever. I was thinking it might be his first goal this season, but I didn't realize it was ever until I think the broadcast said it. So that was even extra exciting. And what a time to have your first goal. So I I was pretty excited. I mean, he has been hustling Ever since he's been the starter, even when he came on before, like he has been hustling all season. So to me, I feel like, you know, his patience paid off and he was rewarded finally with a goal. And it did put us up a goal, which was even more exciting because it's St. Louis. Right. Sporting had only scored one other time in St. Louis, and it was after they'd allowed eight St. Louis goals over the course <laughs> of two games. You know, they, they yeah. had scored in garbage time. Willie Agata had that goal. Speaking of Agata, he was out sick, so he missed the game. That was kind of upsetting, but luckily it worked out quite all right. Polito, I think, had a pretty good game. After the Ndembe goal, Parker comes back uh, and scores for St. Louis. There's, you know, kind of a hint of a handball on Polito in the box in the buildup to that goal, but the goal goes in, so nothing happens. I tweeted that maybe it was for the best that they scored, because if that would have gone to review, I think Polito probably gets called for a handball, probably gets a penalty. I mean, obviously, that would be a penalty in the box, and then probably gets a yellow card, too. So he would have been on a yellow card for a really long time as well. Not that he plays as physical, but... Did it feel like, oh, this is all coming, collapsing down? The the lead was so short-lived because uh, Ndembe scores in the 27th minute. Parker scored in the 28th minute. It was immediate. Yeah, it was immediate. I wasn't surprised. I was like, well, this feels appropriate. But it seems like, you know, after the fact and stuff, prior to the goal, it wasn't like St. Louis had been doing anything. To me, it kind of felt like maybe it was a stroke of luck, like it just kind of worked out for them. But I I did get a little bit more nervous after that because I was like, well, we don't have an advantage anymore. We're now we're back to square one, except for now we each have one goal. So I was nervous, but I wasn't surprised either based on how they play. Yeah, it felt like almost typical to me, right? Like, of course, yeah. this team, they, they get our hopes up and then they, and then they break us like this. But... That is not what happened, because after that, that's when the floodgates really opened. Uh, Remy, yeah. your boy Remy, scored yeah. the actual, technically the game-winning goal. He scored the second goal, which ended up being the game-winner. Uh, he scored on a, just a chaotic situation. Kenda shoots, it's blocked. Polito picks it up, dribbles, passes. It gets deflected to Kenda, shoots a weak shot. Deflected again, touched off Shallowy, touched off Remy. Remy slots at home. And somebody pointed this out to me in the comments on the KC Soccer Journal that right after that goal, the first time they they lapsed a little bit, right? They gave up a quick corner and then that led to a goal. Fontes gathered everybody up and was saying, hey, calm down, calm down. We're ahead again. You know, we got to remember to play our game, keep playing our game. So good leadership there moment there from Fontes. I went back and saw the clip and I saw what people were talking about. So I thought that was that was kind of cool that he he took control of the situation. He's been he's gotten a lot of grief this year. So the defense, they did pretty dang well again. And uh, then immediately after. Gotti Kinda scores an absolute banger of a goal. That thing might be goal of the week. You know, it's he hit it from way outside. The low percentage chances, frankly. Uh, a sporting had 0.23 expected goals in the first half, and they scored three times. 0.23. So they weren't even expected to get one quarter of one goal, and they put three goals in. That's amazing. That is amazing. I thought Remy's goal was really good. I was really happy for him, obviously. If you listen to the podcast, we know that he's my number one player and Dembe would probably be number two. I know. I know. 
I know. I know I'm blowing everyone's mind here, but yeah, I was really happy. And then Kinda had that really good goal as well. I feel like all the goals were like, and I might be wrong on this, but were any of those potentially savable because they were all like just in perfect spots yeah i think they were yeah really well taken right they're just put to the side netting or up into corners and just hard to get to roman Berkey is going to probably win goalkeeper of the year and he lets in four goals but i think it's mostly on his defenses and his and his team's inability to to deal with sporting kansas city who would have guessed um now sheena i wanted to take a, a quick step back to that third goal did you, you – I don't know which broadcast, if you were watching the Apple one or the FS1 broadcast because it was on both channels at the same time. But on the Apple broadcast, the one I was watching, they didn't even replay the goal at first. All they were doing is talking about how Kyrie Shelton might have handled the ball and because oh, they, yeah. they came off a mm-hmm. goal kick. Amelia did the goal kick. Shelton kind of – he tries to head it and it hits him in the shoulder and then goes to Kenda who then dribbles and makes an amazing play and scores. But all they're talking about is it's a possible handball. Luckily, really good replay from the Apple folks. Uh, The ball hit him way up. It's like on the sleeve, like the upper sleeve, which is considered the shoulder, and it's not a handball. So they got the call right, but St. Louis fans were upset. It seemed like Twelman had just a moment of being a homer going, ooh, I could see them changing that. I thought Twelman was good overall, but a couple times I was like, ah, your St. Louis is leaking out right now. You can't stop yourself. I understand that when you're excited about your team. I feel like for the playoffs, they probably shouldn't have had him calling the game because there is going to be that bias, even if he's trying not to be. I was listening to Apple. I don't know his voice, so I I didn't know who who was who on the broadcast. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not like they ever cut to them to where I could like see their face and hear their voice and be like, oh, okay, now I know. Which is, yeah, that's that is something NFL thing that does. does. Yeah, they don't do that. They should. I've said that before on this very show. I don't know why. If they're in the stadium, you're not showing them. On the pregame, they did show him and Jake Zivin. That's the other. They're like kind of the lead team on Apple. They're like the number one okay. team. And, and I there. get why. Zivin, Zivin has a really good voice. He was the voice of the Portland Timbers for many years. He's got a very distinct voice, I think. I think he does a great job. And to t- Twelman's credit, a lot of people hate Taylor Twelman. I thought he was mostly fair. I gave him just a little grief right there. But for the most part, I thought he called it straight. At times, almost like he was afraid to be looked at as a homer. So he's making sure to be fair about it, which is what like Nate Bikiti does when he gets to call Sporting KC games. He does a good job of not being a homer. And I agree, it would be hard. If uh, my commentary career that I've yet to start but somehow takes off, <laughs> then uh, I could see it being a bit of a struggle not to go, wow, it's a foul. It's a foul. <laughs> you know, like in the moment being a little fired up by a, a missed call, especially with pro referees handling things. But again, I thought Tedical mostly good after a, a rocky start. I thought he was mostly good too, but that could just be because he was given a lot of yellows to St. Louis. Deservedly so. So they were screaming F U ref after they gave a yellow card for that foul where I think it's Blom. He, he rolls over the ball and his knee kind of rolls up on the ankle of Radoya. In the second half, I was nervous too because when you roll your ankle, you never know. But Radoya played on. He, he looked great. My boy, Nemanja Radoya. <laughs> I, it's, not even, it's not even like he's my favorite player, but I think he's very integral to the way this team plays soccer. And I will defend him when he deserves defending, like uh, in the midweek game when you were saying he was disappointing you. But we'll get to San Jose. We'll get to San Jose. So shall we add it a fourth? St. Louis had a few moments. They challenged, but they never really got going. And what I want to do is do Sheena's favorite thing, because as a casual fan, she's super into this stuff. I want to talk tactics for a minute. Sheena, did you read my... (laughs) <laughs> Did you read my article on the KC Soccer Journal? My plan to beat Sporting or to beat St. Louis for Sporting to beat St. Louis. I it put it put it out on Saturday. I did not. I'm sorry. Oh, this hurts my heart. I knew that was going to be the answer, but I had to ask sorry. you on there just to get your reaction. I didn't actually know if you had read it. So. I, I wrote this thing, and then other people actually went back and listened to some other podcasts. Uh, the Sporting KC show is back this week. Allie and uh, Nate did a, did a show this week, and Sasha Kleshton was the guest, and he kind of mentioned this as a plan. Uh, Mike Kuhn, uh, one of my colleagues at Down the Byline on Twitter, if you want to follow Mike, he's a great follow. He said this on a Shades of Blue episode, just pumping up all the other podcasts. Go listen to them all. They're great. But I was listening after the fact. I already wrote this. I independently came to this idea, and then so many other people had this idea, too. It made me feel better about, hey, maybe I'm starting to understand stalker tactics just a little bit better. I'm not a complete novice over here. This is a you know where I'm a bit 
deeper than Sheena on the perspectives here. But I said Sporting needed to play differently. How they play, y'all know this if you watch the team, they play in the 4-3-3 and they try to possess the ball and they try to break teams down. They pass it around. Sometimes they pass it around the back a lot, you know, where it's like left back to center back to the other center back across to the right back. Oh, back again. Oh, maybe we ping it into the midfield for a second. Oh, and then back into the defense. Oh, all the way back to Tim Melia. So a lot of passing around. They have on record of some of the longest passing sequences that have led to goals in MLS history since they started keeping these stats. So that's what they want to do. But St. Louis wants you to do that. They want to press you and they want to take the ball away from you create counterattacking opportunities, and just send numbers to goal. And we saw that the last few times these teams played. Four to nothing, first time in St. Louis. Four to one, the first, the second time St. Louis hosted Sporting. So obviously that wasn't working. Sporting were extra tired going into the game too, so I wanted them to rotate. They did a little bit of rotation. Johnny Russell set out the whole game. Kyrie Shelton got that start, who I actually said should start in that article. And then... Uh, Gotti Kenda started over Eric Tommy, but Tommy did play like the last 15 minutes, give or take. So my plan was make St. Louis have the ball, make them defend the game, or I'm sorry, make them uh, break down the sporting defense, and then sporting can maybe counter them and play long at times. Don't feel like you have to play all short passes, and they did go long over and over. So with me giving you that kind of primer, Sheena, did you notice that at all, that they were playing long, they weren't trying to possess the ball as much? Did that stand out to you from your casual perspective? From my casual perspective, it did not. Okay, this is what this is what you miss from not sitting next to me on the couch while we watch the game. I can tell you what we're seeing. So what I saw was Gotti Kenda playing kind of up top alongside Alan Polito and Shallowy and Shelton sitting deeper alongside the midfield. Remy sitting deeper alongside Nemanja Radoya. Man, this is boring Sheena to tears. The look in her eye Sorry. right now as I describe <laughs> tactics. That said, um, I, I just want to point it out because I, I do think they changed. I think that. Peter Vermees doesn't get credit a lot of times for changing. And to be fair, he does not always change. He often says, hey, we're going to play the way we're going to play and we're going to you know, do what we got to do to win these games. But it's usually like we're going to play our way and not worry about how other people play. And man, did it work. After the game, Sheen, I don't know if you've heard this story yet. I was on the postgame presser. You were probably in bed because it was incredibly late at night. And I got to ask Peter a question after like everybody in the room went and everybody else on the Zoom. I think I was the last one to go. And I said, hey, Peter. Uh, you know, congrats on the win, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you, you don't always get credit for changing your tactics by folks, including the media. And then he stopped me to say, by you, by you, by you. And I was like, oh, uh, and then I laughed and then he laughed. And then I asked my question and kind of like, what he did. And he gave a pretty long, eloquent answer about, you know, how you have to play to the state of the game and, you know, playoffs and blah, 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 blah. You can go look it up. It's on sportingkc.com. But I liked it because when I wrote the article, I just like tongue in cheek said, hey, someone at Sporting KC, show Peter my article. And then he did kind of what I wanted them to do. And it worked. I feel like I'm a genius. Who's hiring me to be their next coach? Sheena's eyes just like oh rolled out gosh. of Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a genius. I, that was a joke. Okay. You know what I take away from this whole like five minutes of you talking is that Peter Vermees does not like you. <laughs> No, I don't think that's true. I think he was laughing. He was giving me some grief. But he's usually inflexible. I don't think I'm wrong. Like, they'll play the way they play no matter what, even when it doesn't work. And they'll play guys that keep making mistakes and not getting things right. And they won't play young guys. And you know what? He played Jake Davis a lot this year. He kind of had his hand forced, but Jake has emerged, man. Oh, Jake Davis. Who's not in love with this kid? He is amazing. Like, oh, he's yeah. Not loving his, he's my number three. Right there you go. You're put, we'll have to have you put together your, your official top five or ten or something in okay. the offseason. That'll give us some offseason content. Because I'm sure he, everyone cares. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it can be fun. We can have our daughter mm -hmm. do a ranking, too. That's always a fun thing because, you know, we'll see how many players she can actually get to. <laughs> but I just thought it was it was telling. He Bradley Carnell, the coach of St. Louis, he's probably going to win coach of the year. If not him, then Pat Noonan for FC Cincinnati, who won the Supporters Shield. He's probably going to win coach of the year. He took an expansion team and their first place in the Western Conference. They had one of the like the third best record in the whole league. It was an impressive season. No one expected it. And Peter Vermees outcoached him, which I thought was amazing. I thought it was amazing, too. And 
I think we were talking about on the last podcast that they needed to switch up the tactics if they made it to this to this game. This was the game. This is probably why it goes back to why I wasn't too nervous because we kind of had it in our heads. They may not win this given the fact that they had just played on Wednesday on short rest. And I think my solution was to bring in some of the young guys to cause chaos and I was happy to see Felipe Hernandez on the bench. Sad he didn't get to come out and play, but at least like there was that hope that maybe, you know, some of the younger guys could come out. But I mean, they did switch things up. It was a different game, even if I couldn't tactically identify it. It felt different than some of the other games. So I credit is due to him. It's the players, most of them had just played on Wednesday and did a full 90 again on Sunday. So, I mean, it was a team effort. I said this online that every single player played their heart out. I don't feel like there was a weak link um, on the field last night. And I feel like usually there's one or two players who kind of let us down. And I didn't really feel that way last night. Maybe that's just like my casualness and it was a good game and we won. But and but I think overall, like there's a lot of credit that the team deserves and Peter Vermees. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a, a full effort into Vermees's credit. It's not like when I gave him the chance to say, hey, you you did this tactical shift and it worked. He gave credit to the players for executing the plan because he said when you change the plan, it's not as easy as doing the thing that you practice all the time. It's it's a little more challenging to change things up. So credit to him for for giving out some positive plaudits to his players. Uh, you mentioned uh, no real weak links early on in the game. Uh, my timeline was filled with people going, Kyrie Shelton, wow, why is he even starting? Why is he even in Major League Soccer? I thought, and again, this could go back to, we've talked about this all year, the, the bar might be low for Kyrie. I thought he played well. I thought he won a lot of balls in the air. He won a header in like the opening minute of the game. And I was like, all right, Kyrie winning headers. What's happening here? I know he's 6'3", but he's just not very good at getting up to the, get the balls in the air. He essentially get, I don't know if he officially got the assist. I'll have to go look that up for Gotti Kenda. He did actually. Um, so he gets the assist for Gotti Kenda by winning that header from the Tim Melia goal kick. I thought he was playing hard. He didn't really make any big errors. He's not an offensive dynamo. He had a couple moments where he probably could have made a quicker decision, made a quicker pass, took a shot something like that. He had a decent shot at one point. It was funny. He accidentally, I think, nutmegged a defender. The ball bounced off his own knee and through the legs of the defender, and then he toe-poked it at Berkey, but Berkey saved it. Uh, he's never going to be a superstar. I still stand by my, if I can only buy out one player, I'm buying out Kyrie, but I thought he played well. Yeah, I think Kyrie did fine as well. I don't really have any complaints about him. Do you have complaints about anybody else that you'd like to make? No, I said as a as a whole, the team did good. I don't have any complaints for the night. All right. Well, that sounds good. I got one random quote for you that I just really liked and I wanted to share. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on the game you want to share. We can switch gears. But uh, Goal.com, I'm just promoting everybody else's content. When they put out their tweet for the their like article to recap the game, it was, quote, a first ever playoff win, question mark. St. Louis are still looking for one, for <laughs> one. Okay, delayed reaction. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I got I it now. It yeah, it it's a good, good little play on words. <laughs> uh, the other kind of random thing, this is only the second time Kansas City and St. Louis have ever had professional teams play each other in the playoffs. Now, they're leaving out like the MASL because obviously the comments and the ambush have played each other before, but we're talking like major five sports leagues. Sheena, do you know the other time? I think they brought it up on the broadcast too. It feels like it'd be the Royals and the Cardinals. When was it? Do you know? Uh, I want to say like in the 80s, like 1985 or something. I don't know. Wow, that was really good. You nailed it. Yeah, 1985, mm -hmm. the World Series. They're oh. in different uh, uh, American League and National League, so they don't really play each other unless it's the World Series. And this is the only time both teams were good know. at the same time, I guess. Why would I even know that? I. I feel like they definitely probably, said it on the broadcast. They definitely said oh, it on the broadcast. Oh, I don't. I feel like I was doing so many other things. I wasn't really listening to the commentary so much. I just you're, feel like it. I don't know. You're multitasking, so you wouldn't fall asleep because the game didn't end until like eleven thirty at night. <laughs> yeah. At some point, though, I was I wasn't tired because I had a really hard time going to sleep. I guess the adrenaline and the excitement of how the game ended and. 
I I don't know. It was a good night for soccer. Obviously, St. Louis fans aren't feeling that way, but they're also probably not listening to us. So you never know. Uh, hello, uh, St. Louis people. If you're hate listing, we appreciate your <laughs> your clicks and. Uh, I won't remind oh, you boy. about anything else. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I feel what you're talking about, though, in terms of the it was I was my my adrenaline was pumping too. I didn't want to go to sleep. I basically didn't feel like I could go to sleep. Like I was just so pumped up. I sent a tweet at 1 a.m. saying I really need to go to sleep. <laughs> but I was like still still pretty jazzed, you know, as the kids are saying. I know they're always talking about being jazzed. <laughs> so I have a couple yeah. other random quotes for you because next Sunday, uh, the 5th, that's going to be the last home game for Sporting Kansas City in these playoffs unless they go all the way to MLS Cup and the New York Red Bulls also go all the way to MLS Cup. That's the only team Sporting would host if they advance. Everybody else has a better record. So oh. they would not. Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? So we could we could still have a home MLS Cup. Uh, that said, the Red Bulls got crushed the other day. But, you know, it's only one game. And that should be a good reminder to Kansas City. They need to go close this out next yeah. weekend. Now, after the San Jose game, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, we got a chance to talk in the locker room. Of course, the players, they're riding on a high. They win this penalty kick shootout. And I can't remember who asked, but we were talking to Daniel Shallowy about Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes being at the game. And then we asked, hey, do you want to see, because he said, hey, they need to come back for the next playoff game. We're going to get a home game. They should come back. They're going to be in Germany. They're not going to come back. But somebody asked, hey, should uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift come to the game as well? And shall we just pause for a minute? And he goes, no comment. <laughs> and then we laughed. So it was, it was a good time. Uh, they won't be there, obviously, because they're probably all going to Germany together. It's going to be a big party playing the Dolphins. They, they are. Just so everyone knows, Taylor Swift is going to be in Kansas oh City for Halloween. And then in my head, they're just flying off to Germany after that. I don't know. But yeah, they should come to a game. Why not? I guess yeah, they can't. Have to be I guess that, yeah, or if it's them and the Red Bulls. But you know what? I, I feel like Sporting Kansas City is the Arizona Diamondbacks of MLS, like coming out of nowhere. And Diamondbacks are in the World Series. We could be in the MLS Cup. Is that what they call it? Yeah, you sound really confident. <laughs> okay. there. You don't even know the name of the title game. Oh my god, it's called the I'm MLS a Cup casual. Playoffs. Yeah, yeah, you're not kidding. That's <laughs> so, true. <laughs> Long way to go. Obviously, Sporting need to get the job done against mm. St. Louis, ideally at home. If they win that game, they're going to have quite a bit of time off because they'll be the some games will go to a third week, right? They'll be the game threes in some of those series. Probably. They probably won't all be sweeps. That would be wild. Um, but then there's a big break because there's the international break, too. So they won't play for a few weeks. And then they would play the winner of the Houston Dynamo and Real Salt Lake. Personally, because it'll be a road game no matter what, I'd much rather Sporting play the Dynamo. They have. They've had a tough time against Houston in the playoffs, but they have a really tough time against Real Salt Lake literally all the time. You'll remember a few weeks ago when they barely beat them when they were up 3 nothing and up a man. They almost blew that game. So playing in Salt Lake does not sound good to me. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, though. Whoever they got to play. Sporting don't have a lot of uh, road playoff wins. I heard the stat on the broadcast, and I've immediately forgotten it, but it's only like two wins out of 26 playoff wins or something crazy um, don't quote me on that that's not exactly right but it was a low note and it was a little stunning on that note my last little stat for the game that i wanted to share with y'all there is something called the bracket challenge on mlssoccer.com where you can uh, pick who you think is going to go on to advance in the playoffs and only 12 percent of the people who filled out a bracket pick sporting kc to beat st louis 12%. Only team that was worse were the Red Bulls got 8% against Cincinnati, who have the best record in the league. What'd you think of that? It's probably the 12% are all sporting Kansas City fans or somebody who has some money riding on it. I don't, I'm guessing you probably can't bet this is just for fun. Well, that the bracket challenge is not betting, but you can absolutely bet on soccer. I think in Missouri, it might, it might still not be legal, but you can it's bet on not, sports in Kansas for sure. You definitely can in Kansas, not in Missouri. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the San Jose Earthquakes game against Sporting KC. We're going to keep this one short. It was a 0-0 draw. Sporting ended up winning in penalty kicks behind the vaunted defense of Tim Melia, who saved one and got in ahead of Jackson Ewell to put the ball 
over the net. And it was a bit of a cagey game. Uh, a lot of back and forth. I thought Sporting were the better team for the vast majority of the game. But late on, San Jose had some chances. Um, Kate Cowell had a few decent plays that were shut down. And what really struck me from the game, and I was at the stadium, Sheena was at home, was San, San Jose were time-wasting. I distinctly remember like in the 12th minute taking forever to take a goal kick. And they time-wasted the whole game. And I was like, is their plan just to hope to get a goal on a counter? Or are they trying to go to penalties with Timbelia? What were you thinking as you were watching it, Sheena? Uh, I think it was that exact same play where I was live tweeting the game and I said, is that their plan to go to penalties? Like, because if so, that is the worst plan against Tamilia. Like, did you not study the footage? Do you know nothing about Tamilia? So, and then as the game progressed, like they kept time wasting when they could. It was so bizarre. I don't, I don't understand that strategy. I wonder if anybody, I'm sure somebody had to have asked the coach of San Jose, like, why did you go with that as your plan of attack? Because that is just not a good strategy. Yeah, I, I was I was struck by it. I asked him really after the game, did it feel like they were wasting time to try to get to penalties? He said, I don't think that's what they were trying to do. But he wasn't sure what they were trying to do. And I thought it was a <laughs> weird strategy because they they are they have some really talented wingers. Uh, Kate Cowell doesn't score a ton of goals, but Christian Espinosa is one of the best uh, wingers in all of Major League Soccer. Uh, by the way, that's who missed their penalty where uh, Amelia saved it was Espinosa. But he is a really good winger, great assists. They have guys that get into the box and make runs. I thought it was odd to not go at a very tired Kansas City team. They had just played on the weekend. That said, San Jose had played and traveled too. So maybe they were tired as well. I'm not sure. But I, it struck me as incredibly odd. Uh, Tim Milia is undefeated in penalty kick shootouts in his career. He is seven in, in all these PK shootouts. Two of them were in the USL before he was with Sporting. And then five of them for Sporting Kansas City. Three of the five are against San Jose. It's kind of crazy. Oh, that's crazy. So, yeah. So you would think of all teams, they would not want to go to penalties. Uh, Y'all will probably remember the 2020 playoffs where San Jose was crushed by a perfect shootout. Amelia saved all three. We made all three. It was over in three kicks. You just don't see that. Actually, it's only happened two times in modern American soccer history. And Tim Milia has the other time as well. He did it when he was in the USL. So Timmy, 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 Tim Milia. He saves the goals. You know, he saves our goals to be accurate. He really does. He deserves a song about him and his goal saving because he really does come through for us on PKs. Yep. I mean, he has a song and that's why he has it. I know, but so. that's why he deserves a song. <laughs> I'm not saying he deserved, like I'm saying there's a reason he has one, not that one needs to be created. I, I know there's one out there. Okay. I was hoping that you were getting the come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon <laughs> version of Tim. Yeah. There. I didn't sing it to the proper cadence. So that's probably my <laughs> fault. Yeah. I had no idea what you were doing because it wasn't no, the right cadence. You're <laughs> <laughs> so full of it. All right. So uh, PK shootout, a couple more things I wanted to highlight from it. And if you have any other thoughts on the game, you, you throw them in here, but uh, penalties made by Russell, Kenda, Tommy and Shallowy. Shallowy makes the winner. Shallowy told us after the game, he'd actually never scored a PK in a regular season game before. He's only scored in shootouts so he's missed in like any time it was like a regulation type pk like a you know a foul or whatever he's never made one for sporting kc so that was kind of wild and it's crazy they put him in the five spot but his his pk looked great but alan Polito had his save and what was he doing yeah what was he doing that was like the softest kick and then the who kicked after him was it eric tommy Tommy, yeah, yeah, I think it was Eric Tommy. And he did the same thing. His just like happened to, to go into the goal. But it was also what looked to be like a soft, slow kick. I don't know what that strategy was all about. But I'm going to just throw this out here and you can prove to me why I'm wrong. But I feel like Polito, not impressed with him. He has some moments I get that he's not scoring and that's fine. And he's creating space and blah, blah, blah. But like, Overall, not overly impressed with him since he signed that new contract. I will admit he's had a tough go of it, but he was very impressive versus St. Louis. I mean, he had the assist on the first goal to Ndembe. He had the assist, a really good flick on the second goal. 
to shallowy just flicked it to the perfect spot where like you said no one could save it shallowy's just walking it into the net that basically. was the third goal or the fourth, the fourth goal, goal. Yeah. yeah so he had a couple assists he he does do that off the ball movement stuff that's what people used to go oh Kyrie's so good at moving off the ball but Polito does that and he scores goals yes he's on a bit of a drought he's had two different injuries since he signed his contract which that's my main concern can the man stay healthy but he's played through the injuries he played really well against st louis i didn't even think he was going to start but will you got being sick may have forced peter's hand and it worked out great um as far as the the penalty kick itself for him and tommy when they kick those slow ones you remember benny failhaber used to take really slow penalty kicks as well because what they're trying to do is they're trying to wait to make their shot and get the goalkeeper to go the wrong direction and just pass it into the net in the other direction. But I think Polito kind of got a little wrong-footed. He waited too long to strike it, and then he hit it so awkwardly, because, and then it was just right at the feet of the keeper where he's able to kick-save it versus at that slow speed, if he put it into the corner over there, it had gone in. The keeper was going the other way. He just was able to get his foot back. So I, I don't know. It's not It's not my... I liked Benny doing it. Benny did such a good job. His stutter step would just always make the keeper flinch, and he would just kick it the other way. And I think he only ever had one save, ever. And he had that was late on after he had pulled that move off numerous times. So it's not my favorite style of penalty, though. Uh, there's this really good article on The Athletic that talks about how you should take penalties, and essentially it's you should blast the crap out of them, and you hit them at a, a decent height not at the like right at the goalkeeper's hand height, but a little higher. So even if they touch it, they'll probably deflect it into the net and it'll go in. Uh, Harry Kane, who is the England striker and he plays for Bayern Munich. Now he's played for Tottenham. He is got an incredible record of scoring penalty kicks and it's, he just, he blasts the crap out of those things. And that's Johnny Russell's strategy. I don't know if you could tell he kicks the tar out of them whenever he takes them. Yeah. I've noticed that. I know what you're talking about with the Benny Fellhopper, like the little stutter. I like that. That was he was my favorite to watch take PKs, but I I don't know Polito. I didn't get that same thing. It just felt slow, and maybe it was to what you were saying, but I don't know. I wasn't a fan of it. It just looked so soft and slow, but whatever. It didn't matter because everyone else made theirs, so it's it's not even like a factor. I don't even care anymore. I would care more if it was like we lost because of him, but we got to move on and he redeemed himself in St. Louis and he needs to come through again on Sunday in Children's Mercy. I agree. All right. Let's move on from the games. Last week, Shana, you brought... Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to ask you, because we're not going to have another podcast before the game on Sunday, what are your thoughts? Who do you think is going to win this? Is it going to be Sporting KC at home or St. Louis on the road? making predictions so i will tell you going into the game i wrote the preview for kc soccer journal as well and i pre i've said i think it'll be closer i think sporting can hang with st louis and they'll be nervous it's their first playoff game but i did predict that they would still ultimately lose because they'd be tired and they're they're kind of bad on short rest and i didn't think they would actually change their tactics to take advantage so i think why change what you're doing that works so well make st louis have the ball Play against the ball a little bit, you know, be a little more defensive, sit back a little bit, not all the way back, but a little bit more. And look when the game opens up to pass through them like they did. I, if they don't close it out, that's going to make me really nervous. If St. Louis wins, then they have the advantage again because they're going back home. They have a rowdy home crowd. It won't be, I don't know what the weather's going to be two weeks from now, but it, it probably won't be torrential downpour, 30 some degree weather like they were playing in last night. It's going to be something that would favor St. Louis. So if they don't get it done in Kansas City, that makes me very nervous, but I don't like to pick. I, I always say I'm not superstitious, but I swear every time I pick them to win, they disappoint me. So I'll just say, I hope they get it done and uh, don't bro- don't change what's not broken. But do you think that would it make more sense for them to go back to how they typically play? Because part of their strategy and maybe why they were successful last night is because it was something St. Louis hadn't seen. So don't you think that they're going to be studying this new format or like style? I don't know what the word is I'm trying to say, but this like how they played last night. Don't you think they'll be studying that all week? Do you think it could possibly work a second time? 
I do think it could work a second time. If you look at the game St. Louis lost this season, that's what those other teams did to them. It's not like I'm some genius that came up with this plan on my own. I went and watched some of the, I didn't watch the whole games, but I watched enough of them to see possession stats were not in St. Louis's favor. St. Louis, uh, I mean, they, they were in their favor, I should say. They have the lowest possession in the league by design. They don't want the ball. They want to steal it from you and score from, you know, when your team is out of position. So well, by making them play with the ball, by playing long and, you know, sometimes giving it away in that process, you force them to play that way. I don't think that they have the personnel to overcome that. Now, anybody can get lucky. Anybody can win a game. I think that they're not built to win that way. And if you force them to play that way, you never know. There were times when Sporting got really stretched in the second half. They were keeping the ball a lot more. If you think back to the time Sporting beat St. Louis 2-1 to one in their home stadium, it was a close game. St. Louis had a, a goal taken away for offside that may have been like three inches onside after some guy on Twitter looked at it for 45 minutes and all these crazy <laughs> angles and stuff. So it was way closer than it should have been versus you. I think Sporting could have scored five, six, seven goals last night. They had so many good chances that why wouldn't you keep playing the same way? And it's not like you can't go out of that style at any moment. It wasn't wildly different personnel. Kinda for Tommy is essentially, it's not quite like for like, but they play the same position. They play differently. Don't get me wrong, but they're both kind of a creative 810 guy. And the only real difference was Shelton is obviously a much more defensive player than Russell is if Russell would have been out there. And I think you could still do this strategy with Russell out there. He wins headers great for somebody who's 5'9 or whatever he is. So I, I don't see why he couldn't be leaping for these headers and flicking balls on to Polito or knocking them back to his, you know, his other midfielders and whatnot. Why, why change what's not broken? And if it doesn't work, change mid-game. Make tactical adjustments. Okay. Also, I just heard you admit that you're not a genius. So thank you. for stunning. I, I, it was I not obvious how sarcastic I was being earlier when I said someone should hire me to be their coach. I don't know anything. Oh, the, I the thought hi, you were the highest serious. Age, the highest age I've coached soccer at is uh, what, U8 or U9, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and uh, trust me, they were not playing beautiful soccer. It was like, get behind the ball, defend as a team, <laughs> things like that. So. I was barely working on passing at that age. Frankly, it was just like, hey, let's uh, let's play it wide. Let's not play it at the middle. This is like a turnover waiting to happen. There's just one more thing I wanted to say before we move on. And that is after the game, Remy encouraged everyone to come to the game on Sunday. So there's still tickets available. So if you have nothing to do and some extra money to spare, please come watch Sporting Kansas City live probably the last home game of the season unless it's some crazy scenario where it's the Red Bulls and we don't want St. Louis fans filling up the stadium. I did see in the crowd there was a decent amount of blue. Or, you know what I think that they... was? I I noticed on the broadcast because it was pouring. You know, and when you go buy a parka, what color are those things usually? Oh, they're, blue. they're like blue. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's mostly funny. what it is. That said, there was a decent amount of road support there. I mean, there always is. You're you're not going to have trouble getting Kansas City fans to fill the allotment of regular like road tickets that they have to give out, but they don't have to give out very many. And then when it turns into buying an away ticket, St. Louis has the most expensive ticket in the league, well, besides Miami. And I think that part of that is a deterrent, right? Do I want to spend this much money to watch my team that struggled at this stadium? And I'm sure a lot of people said, you know what? I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that money. That said, Children's Mercy Park, the tickets are still very reasonable. They're up a little bit from regular season prices, but come out there, not that support much. the boys in blue. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a reasonable price ticket. If you want to be in... That... The... Oh, I was going to say, if you want to be in the South Stand or um, the... Cauldron. Cauldron. Yeah, I was like having a moment. Um, I know saw stand tickets are $49, at least as of last night, because I bought tickets, because uh, we're going to take our kiddo and she's still on crutches. So we have to have a seat. So we'll be in the South Stand. Yeah, and uh, I just don't want to see the stadium full of that, what we're calling wet dog food pink that that's, uh, Sam yeah. Lewis wears. You don't like that? Doesn't it feel no. like an appropriate analogy? Because it's quite red, right? Their jersey is like, especially on the front, whatever's happening on the front, it's like a, a faded reddish pinkish color. So we're calling it I wet dog food so. pink. Okay, I guess. I don't know about you, Sheena, but like when I was a kid, we were pretty poor, but we had dogs. And we would buy mm -hmm. like cheap dog food and 
cheap dog food Purina's right there on the front of their jersey. So wet dog food pink. It feels accurate to me. I bet that's what they were going for when they created the jersey. Like what color resembles the most like our wet dog food? That's how they got it. I'm sure they probably put out one of those like fancy marketing explainers that explains all the different (laughs) parts of the jersey and like wet dog food pink inspired, you know, color choice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Last week on the podcast, Sheena, you brought up uh, an article that you saw from a Honduran reporter that said Roger Espinosa is not coming back. You know, the reporting was that he was gone. And I said, you know what? I'm going to look into this because I'm going to be in that locker room on, on last Saturday on the uh, Minnesota or no, it would have been the San Jose game that I was in there. So the the San Jose game and I got to talk to Roger. I got one-on-one time with Roger, actually, because there were so many reporters in the locker room. It was a little chaotic. So trying to crowd around, like usually we do a scrum around one player at a time. But there was like a good 10, 12 people in there, and there's not usually that many. And I got to talk to Roger one-on-one. And I said, hey, Roger, you know, what, what, is there any truth to this rumor? And he goes, who said that? Who is this person? I was like, I don't know who he is. And he goes, oh, there's no, there's no soccer reporters in Honduras. He was like throwing shade. He said, quote, if it was my choice, I'd play until I'm 45, but it's not my choice, end quote. And we talked a little back and forth about how he does have a contract option for next year, but he said, it's not my option, Chad. It's the team's option. Mm-hmm. They have to choose to pick it up. So he didn't say if it's if the contract pays the same amount. As you all know, we mentioned before, he's on the league minimum for a player of his position on the roster. So 85000 and change. Uh, that's way down. It, certain parts of the, his career, he was making eight nine $900,000 a season for Sporting KC. So if he wants to play for 85000 I think the team should let him. He's a great asset off the bench. He's gotten quite good at delivering that kind of deep ball switch cross, you know, that like opens up the attack. So I'm fine with Roger being there. Even if he doesn't play a single minute, he is a great locker room glue guy. He's going to practice hard. He's going to push these young guys, and I'm all for it. So we'll see what Sporting decide to do, but we get to wait a little while before they have to make any of those decisions because we have at least one more game. I know at least two more games because if they sweep St. Louis, we'll get another game for sure. We could have a lot more games depending on how these play out. Fingers crossed. Sheena, you did the digging on that. I did the the follow-up reporting. What do you think on Roger? This doesn't surprise me. I think we had come to the conclusion last week that as long as his wife is playing for Casey Current, then he probably would want to play on sporting if they would allow him or want to keep him. So not surprised here. This is a good transition point here. Let's talk about the KC Current. We won't go deep into the KC Current roster moves. We're going to do that soon, though. Uh, We've got a whole primer on playing fantasy sporting director for them. But Vlako Andonovsky was introduced in a press conference this week. And before I go into that press conference, there's going to be an NWSL expansion draft, probably. We don't know for sure. There's two teams coming to the league next year, Utah Royals and Bay FC. And I don't know what the rules will be, if they will do an expansion draft. But that's a good shout. Vladko, protect low. Protect low. Don't let her get taken by another team. She is an asset. I don't want to see her gone. He did call her out by name as one of his uh, like creative attacking players, which I thought was interesting because she's kind of known as more of like a Roger physical player. She gets in there. She does have the ability to deliver a very nice pass, but I probably those two wear off on each other, right? I've seen them play in beach volleyball together on vacation. I'm sure they're helping each other at their pro career. Yeah, you're watching them play volleyball? They put it on their Instagram. Sheena, you're looking at me like I'm a crazy person. I'm following <laughs> the gram so that I can stay up to date on what these players are up to, you know, the the movements. When when players go through like a divorce or something like that, like Alan Polito went through a divorce, I thought, is he going to want to stay in America? Is he going to want to go back to Mexico where his family is at? Or is he going to want to stay here? I saw his wife, his wife, his uh, mother was staying with him in Kansas City for a while, which I thought was interesting, probably because his, his wife was, and well, it's now his ex-wife. So, you know, that uh, that happens sometimes. That stuff's important. It'll play a role in what, so where someone ends up potentially. Okay. You, Okay. The fact that you're judging me right now, you all can't see it, but the eyes, the judging eyes from Miss Celebrity Gossa looking at Matthew Perry News on a Saturday night, talking to you about the Real Housewives of this and that on prior episodes of this very podcast. I don't want to hear any judgment. I, I watch very lightly some Kansas City-based players and their Instagrams. I don't follow the entire celebrity world. It's soccer-related, Sheena. 
Okay. That's I was just laughing because you make fun of me for doing it and you're kind of doing it too. It's not like I'm reading housewife blogs on the internet to see what's I going on do with that. the housewives. I don't do anymore. that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Back to soccer. Mm. Vladko. Vladko was introduced last week. And we, we talked about it on last week's episode. So we kind of gave our broad strokes. I just wanted to give some some quotes from the press conference or some kind of thoughts that came out during the press conference. And Sheena, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you didn't go back and watch this press conference. Would that be a fair assessment? That is correct. I sure didn't. Casual perspective, y'all. All right. Yeah. So... Uh, he was asked about, hey, did you consider taking time off after, you know, having obviously kind of a disappointing run with the U.S. Women's National Team? And he did say he was considering taking some time off. And he said at some point he he phoned his agent to see, you know, what interest was there? What was out there? And then he had a conversation with Angie and Chris Long, two of the owners of The Current. And he said, I considered taking time off, quote, until the first conversation I had with the owners, end quote. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The Longs talked about how they have the best coach in the world right here in their backyard. We talked about how Vladko's kind of a he's from Macedonia, but he's been in Kansas City for 20 something years. So he's an adoptive Kansas City guy. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he, they also talked about when he was talking about his agent, he said he had offers, of course, from other international women's teams, from NWSL teams and to be an assistant coach in Major League Soccer, which I thought was interesting if he wanted to go switch gears and coach the men instead of the women. Uh, sounds like the offers were on the table. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that one stuck out to me, too. I got a chance to ask a question during the press conference. It coincided perfectly with the break at work. And I asked him, you know, hey, you're you're the coach, but you're also the sporting director. And then Camille Ashton, she's the general manager. And I kind of said, like, basically how's how's that going to work where does one job end when does it where does another begin and he gave like an incredible pc answer where he basically says i don't know if we if it needs to be divided in fact it needs to be more collaborative we both have the same vision we're going to form a great bond and partnership so it was like a non-answer answer very political of him but i have to think something's got to give there it seems like she's been building the roster the last couple of years at least as far as we can tell not not every soccer team has a general manager they'll often call it the sporting director so the fact that there is a general manager and a sporting director i we, i don't know what the, how that's going to work yeah the whole thing seems very awkward considering they he's taking over her role i don't I don't know. It'll not be really. different titles. So I don't know. Different titles, But I don't know. It just seems awkward. Maybe it's not right now because they're still trying to work through it. But I feel like at some point it's going to overlap. And maybe we as the general public won't see it. But it just feels like an awkward situation is brewing if it hasn't already started being awkward. I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. And then there was a really good article. I think Vahe Gregorian for the KC Star. The Star had three reporters at this press conference. Like kudos to them for putting out all the all the heavy hitters. They had Vahe, they had Sam McDowell, and they had Daniel Sperry. Uh, Vahe got a quote from him. It says, "Quote: I feel like." The least that I can do is work hard and bring two championships to this group, to this team as well. And then he paused slightly and he said, in the next two years. So two titles in two years. He was smiling when he said it. But uh, that's some lofty goals. Not just we're going to win next year, but we're going to win the next two years. He won two titles for FC Casey. Sheena, your eyes bugged out of your head whenever I said that. <laughs> it's just a, that's a very ambitious of him. I don't. Yeah, no, I think it is too. especially. It's a different league than when Vlatko won the titles before. There were far less teams in the league whenever FC Kansas City won. And the league has gone through ups and downs and relocations and things like that. Uh, but it's been a while. They haven't won a title since 2015. Obviously, there were some years where they didn't have a team here. And then they were on the verge a year ago. And then they were freaking terrible this year somehow. I don't know. It's it's hard to know. But uh, a few more things that came out. Actually, the, the last kind of really big thing that came out from the press conference that stood out to me was both Vlatko and Angie Long talked about a pro player pathway. You'll have heard this terminology before if you pay attention to Sporting Kansas City. Vermees is always talking about 
the pathway from the academy to the second team to the first team. You know, some guys go off to college, come back to the second team, get to the first team, whatever that may look like. So they stop short of saying that they're going to have an academy right away. They do have a KC Current 2. And I discovered the other day they have a KC Current 3. I didn't even know that. And then a little bit of a kind of a, a something that stood out to me was today, we're recording this on Monday, uh, the day before Halloween, they signed 15-year-old Alex Pfeiffer. She played for the U-17 U.S. Women's National Team. She had a hat trick against Japan. Uh, Scott Gallagher Academy is where she played for out of St. Louis. And she actually had come and done a little play with Kansas City Current 2 previously. So this isn't out of nowhere, but 15 years old. She's turning 16 here in a few weeks, but still uh, the fourth youngest player in NWSL history, the youngest player in Kansas City current history. Pretty exciting. It is really exciting. Where does the Kansas City two and threes play? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I feel like the games are closed because I I was asking PR one time to go to one and I got told it was closed. I don't know if it was just that game was closed to the public or if all their games are closed to the public. Uh, They were playing, oh, I'm not going to get this right off the top of my head, the WPSL, I want to say, for KC Current 2. That might be wrong. It's like the unofficial third or fourth division of women's soccer. It's like mostly amateur players. I've seen, actually, if you look back, Michelle Cooper, came over and did a little trial with them in the summer before she was drafted. Um, Jordan Sokowitz, the goalkeeper, she did a trial. I think there were some other players that they picked up over the years. I know that Macy Ball, who's this really elite college player for North Carolina, Tar Heels, uh, she came over this summer and played a little bit. So I, I think they're really like they're doing elements of that. I, I don't know as much about it as I would like to. You know me. I would watch all things Kansas City soccer. So if I could go watch KC Current 2 or 3, I probably would. I know. When are you going to go watch those U-17s on the Sporting yeah. Academy? U-19s? Don't be a creeper. 19. Be... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that said, I would go watch the U-17s or 15s or whatever <laughs> they let me see. Uh, and I have an open invite to go watch them at Swope all the time. They actually had a game on Saturday. If it wasn't so dang cold, I would have. I was thinking about it and I was like, ah, oh, it's so cold. I just didn't want to go outside in the cold. I'm a, I'm a softy, Sheena, as you, I think, know. 13 years in the desert really softened me up. I'm not as uh, hardened for this cold weather as I once was. Oh, I love it. I am built for it. I love wearing layers. I was I had a little pep to my step yesterday when it was snowing momentarily. I love it. All right, Sheena. Any other Vladko or Casey current thoughts here? No, I'm just anxious to see the new season get started. Oh, I drove by the stadium today and they're putting up the screen, like the board to for the oh. score. Yeah. So it wasn't it looked like they had like one more row of things to put up before it was completely done. So that was exciting to see. Yeah. And they're doing something called Teal Tuesday, where I think they unveil something every week, uh, kind of building up to the uh, stadium. I think they're going to unveil like another restaurant partner or something um, tomorrow. So or uh, today, probably when most of y'all are listening to this or uh, yesterday, depending when you listen. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Digital crawl time, y'all. I actually got a Casey Current item right here to start off the crawl. The Kansas City streetcar, Sheena, I'm sure you are a big follower of the KC Star. You probably saw this story. There was an extension for the streetcar that was expected to go down to the Berkeley Riverfront, where the KC Current's new stadium is being built. It has been delayed due to cost overruns. It will not be getting down there until 2026 at the earliest. I did see that because I watch a show on PBS um, Week in Review, and they talked about it. That was okay. I want to. Sorry, I'm going to sidetrack here. But one thing I'm really loving this week is the news and the radio have been pumping up Sporting Kansas City's win. Like the news always will give like the update, but the radio, every radio station I listened to today was talking about how the Chiefs lost, but Sporting Kansas City beat St. Louis. So that was pretty cool to get to hear those shout outs. I would sacrifice all the Chiefs wins for an MLS Cup for Sporting (laughs) Kansas City. All of them. They could lose all their games. I I don't know that everyone would agree with you on that. (laughs) I know they wouldn't, but that's okay. (laughs) uh, All right. On to Sporting Kansas City news. Jahan Rad, you might remember Jahan. Uh, He is a center back for Sporting KC2. His brother Kave used to be on the first team. Uh, He gave a farewell to Kansas City last week, and it seems that he will not be coming back to the twos. He was out of contract. His brother had been released the year before and played last season in the USL for Hartford. So 
best of luck to Jahan. Kind of weird to see these players coming and going. You get kind of attached to them, even though they never make it to the first team in some cases. But, you know, I watch a lot of soccer. All right. The U.S. women's national team, they played twice this week. They had a 0-0 draw against Columbia, but then redeemed themselves with a 2-0 win on the weekend. So congrats to the ladies. Still don't have a full-time head coach. They should probably figure that out. The Olympics are like less than nine months away, and I would love a gold medal. It's going to be hard to get. But Sheena's favorite segment of the Digital Crawl is back with the Lionel Messi updates. Sheena, did you hear about the big award that Messi won? I think I just saw it as I was scrolling Instagram and something about... How would you pronounce that trophy? I don't know what it's called. I just saw a picture of him with like a golden soccer ball, maybe. So I don't, I didn't read anything. I don't care. So I don't know how you would pronounce it because I don't know what it's called. Well, it's called the Ballon d'Or. It goes to the best player in the world. He won the male Ballon d'Or trophy. It's the eighth time he's won. Uh, He's been nominated 16 times. So I thought that was interesting that he won it even though he came over to America for part of this last year and spent some time you know, with, Mes- uh, with Miami and winning the League's Cup. So congrats to Messi. Cool. Y'all, it, Good for as him. As much as Sheena and probably at least half of you are over the Messi updates, it's kind of crazy that the best player in the world, I don't care if he's 36, plays in America. I, it's, I think it's important, and I think it's bringing a lot of attention to the league, and hopefully these playoffs are amazing, even though Messi's not in them. Hopefully somebody will be watching because of Messi, because they heard of MLS through Messi. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure there is a person out there who will, but... One person, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel confident one person, but I don't know. I think it would have had more meaning if he was in it. It would have got more exposure, but alas, I'm glad he's not in it, and I don't have to hear more updates or see him play. It's true. I I probably won't He's a really good player. He's a... Yeah, he's a really good player. It's not like I dislike him. I just hate this segment. <laughs> he's not on Sporting Kansas City. I don't. Well, this is the digital KC crawl. Current. We talk about we talk about all the teams on the digital crawl. Anyways, uh, speaking okay. of the Ballon d'Or, they do give it out to women as well. And uh, Aitana Bonmati, she plays for Spain, and she also plays for FC Barcelona. Uh, she won the award this year. Uh, Barcelona actually is the first women's team to be given team of the year. So pretty impressive. And congratulations to Bon Monti. Obviously, they won the World Cup earlier with, when she played for Spain or she still plays for Spain. Congratulations. As far as upcoming games, I think we've teased it enough that you know there is a game coming this Sunday, November 5th, 4 p.m. Sporting Kansas City hosts St. Louis City. If they win, they go on. There doesn't have to be a third game. They can win in penalty shootouts. They can win in regulation. Let's get this thing done, Kansas City. Let's get a nice rest, get healthy, and then go on a tear and shock the world. Make the first wildcard team to ever exist be the first wildcard team to ever win MLS Cup. That'd be crazy. Uh, it's It's a steep hill to climb. They have a long way to go. All right. If you've made it this far, we went long, of course. We always go long. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Tell your Kansas City soccer friends, too. We got a few more weeks of regularly scheduled podcasts right on the weekend after games are played. But then who knows what's going to happen? We'll, we're going to try to be consistent, but you never know what day they're going to play on. Just search for the Glory KC wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow us on social media at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Threads. You can email longer questions to ForTheGloryKC at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at PlayFor90, and here is Splitter Conspiracy and the KC Cauldron to play us out. Take care, everybody. Bye.